Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And I agree with you. I would not buy at the moment because houses are expensive and you don't want to get back in debt. I think it's better right. to wait. And you're 33. If you don't buy until you're 40, that's fine. There's nothing. That's fine. Okay. You have to tell my husband that. <laughs> I'm going to tell your husband that. <laughs> okay. You're better, you're better off not being house poor, I think. Hi, all. I wanted to jump on here and tell you a little bit about the very exciting series that I have coming up with Lindsay Stanberry. If you are not familiar with her, you might not recognize her name, but you definitely have heard of her. She was the editor of Money Diaries at Refinery29 and published the book Money Diaries. Um, I was an expert in the book and it was published by Lindsay. Um, and she has a really storied career working at CNBC and Fortune. Um, so she's been in personal finance for a very long time. And so her and I are going to be partnering to do a mini series for the podcast. There are only going to be six slots available for women who are willing and ready to come on to the podcast to this mini series um, to talk candidly with Lindsay and I on video. So little bit of fear factor there. We want you to be open and candid about your financial situation. And then you'll get both of our feedbacks. So you'll get mine as a CFP, but you'll also get Lindsay's as well. Um, and she brings a lot of um, great experience and tenure in the personal finance space. And gosh, she I means she's reviewed so many people's personal finance information and she'll come at it from a totally different perspective. So I think this is a great opportunity for any female or woman who's struggling with their personal finance and needs a second set of eyes or just wants to chat about their situation. We have six slots available total. We've already received a good amount of submissions, so we will probably close it very shortly. So if you're interested in being considered, um, please see the link in our profile um, and let us know what your concerns are, what you're working on, and how you think we can help. And I look forward to hearing from everybody. Hello, and welcome to Financials Podcast, Future Rich. I'm your host, Barbara Ginty, and I am here with my guest today, Lola. Hi, Lola. Hi, Barbara. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on. I am a big yeah. fan of the podcast. Oh, I'd love to hear that. It's always so fun because, you know, we put it out and like, I don't know who listens. You know, I know there's people listening, but I don't know who they are. So it's always fun to hear <laughs> and to meet listeners. So then you're familiar with the drill. So do you want to... Give us the rundown. So age, a relationship status, location, job, income, all that jazz. Yes, definitely. I was so nervous to like submit to come on because I feel like when I listen, so many of the people are 
so good at saving their money and I am such a spender. So I was like a little scared, but I think that you're going to be able to help me stop spending yes. so much and start saving more, which and is no, ju- no judgment, no judgment. Everyone's, yes. It's not a race or a competition. Everyone's on their own path. Yes. So um, I am 33 years old. I live in Los Angeles, so very expensive city. Yes. I am married to an awesome husband and we have two kids. So we have a four-year-old daughter and a four-month-old son. Oh, wow. A lot of little people. A lot of little people. And it has been like a very big year for us because we So we originally lived about 30 miles east of LA, but we both work in the city and we were just doing that commute and like 30 miles in LA traffic is How long does that take? Because that can take a long time, An hour, sometimes more. Um, But last year we found out that my husband's office was going to be moving from downtown Hollywood into like, or downtown LA into like deep Hollywood. Um, And so that adds like a lot more onto the commute. And so his commute, he was spending like over three hours a day in the car. And so we horrible. It was really bad. And and then I I had just had a baby like right after the office moved. And so in that kind of like postpartum haze, we're like, this isn't gonna work. So we sold our house and we moved closer. But now we're renting and our rent is like way more expensive than our mortgage was and childcare costs more. So it's it's all kind of hectic right now. And we're trying to figure things out and like get resituated. Well the good thing about childcare costs is they're temporary. Yes. I have to keep reminding myself that yeah. it doesn't feel it's, like it. <laughs> it. In the moment, it feels like indefinite, but no, it's definitely temporary. So that's, so that's good. Oh, wow. So you sold your house and then now are renting. And did you, how long have you been in the house before you sold it? Just curious. Like four and a half years. So okay. not super long time. We, we, um, you know, we kind of have like this pattern in our lives of like going crazy, spending a lot, having a come to Jesus moment where we're like, oh my gosh, we're never going to get out of debt if we don't do something drastic. So then we do something drastic and pull ourselves out and then accumulate debt again. So we got married when I was 24 and we had like this big elaborate wedding that we like maxed out credit cards for and took out loans and did all the things you should not do. It was like probably like 50 or 60,000. Um, And like three years later, we're like, oh my gosh, with this debt and our student loans, like we're just never going to dig ourselves out of this hole. So we moved out of our cute little downtown LA apartment and we moved in with his parents and they live 60 miles east of LA. So we made that commute of like two hours each way for a full year. Gosh. Yeah. And, and so it was good. Like we paid all this debt off and then we ended up purchasing our home uh, back in 2018. But as I know you have experienced from hearing your stories on the podcast, um, things always come up when you get a home. And so when we purchased the home, we put down like every dollar that we had, we took out a loan from my 401k. And then three months later, we found out we had black mold in the kitchen. And I was pregnant at that point. And we had to totally gut the kitchen and do an entire kitchen renovation that we like put on credit cards and yada, yada. So how much was that? That was probably like 20, 20 or 25,000. It was a lot. That feels reasonable for a kitchen because sometimes you do like 70. 
Yeah, uh, we were in a townhouse and the kitchen was quite small. So that enabled it to be a lot less than I think what it could have been. But, you know, this last year when we knew that the office was going to be moving, we had a lot of big talks about like, do we want to look for different jobs? Do we want to move to a different city or a different state? And my husband works in commercial real estate and his specialty is really like, the LA area. And so he said, you know, I love my job and I love where I work. And even if we're going to like pay more to have less, I want to still be here. So that's why we, we felt comfortable to, to sell and to move. But, um, we just moved a month ago. So it's, it's all kind of new. Yeah. And, you know, when we originally sold, we were, our hope was like, maybe we can just buy something closer. But with the market being as crazy as it has been, I mean, we looked at a house that we considered putting an offer on and it went for like 300,000 over asking. Oh my gosh. That's insane. It's crazy. And so, you know, we, our escrow was closing and we hadn't found a place. So we, we kind of just scrambled and found a house to rent, but we're still trying to figure out like, where are we going to land and what, Mm-hmm. what makes sense and how are we going to save to get a home again now that we're paying so much more for rent, you know? And did you make, a, did you have a profit on the, on the house sale? Did you? So, so we did have a, yeah, we did have a profit on the house sale. Um, I think it was probably about 120,000, Okay, but we have a lot of student loans. Um, my husband has his master's and then I am a nurse. I had about probably when I graduated, like a hundred thousand in debt. Okay. But the difference was that my husband's were all federal loans and a lot of mine were private. Private. And as I discovered recently, a lot of mine were private at variable interest rates. Correct. And Um, with interest rates moving, they've probably gone pretty high. Yes. And so we took the proceeds from the sale. We paid off all of our credit card debt. We paid off all of my private loans. We just still have my Federal. federal loans, but okay. because I work for a nonprofit hospital, actually next month I think I'll hit my ten years. Um, Amazing for the public student loan forgiveness, so yep. that'll be gone, which is great. Yep. So what we've kind of we're left with about I think like sixty seven thousand once we like paid off a bunch of things. Okay, perfect. Well, that's good. So you made some money on that, so that was a good investment. We did. Then. Yeah. And there's no taxes on that because married filing joint, it was your primary residence. You didn't owe yeah. anything. Yeah. Okay. And then you're going to get the public loan forgiveness. Amazing. Okay. So I have your net tier. Tell um, just to the listeners here, what is your annual income and what is your husband's? Um, ours are very similar. So I am a nurse and I make um, about 130, 133,000 a year. And then he makes 135,000. Is his variable being in real estate or is it pretty consistent? No. So he works for a small team and he okay. is salaried. So oh, okay, amazing. it's pretty consistent. And oh, for like the way we do our finances, it's all joint. So like we just, all the money mm-hmm. goes into one account and we just kind of pay everything Split from everything. there. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So let's talk through then where we are. So you're take home is every two weeks. So you get two extra paychecks. So your take home is 2,350 and your husband's take home, he has 24 pay periods. So his take home is 3,815. 
Mm -hmm. What do you both have coming out of there? Because it it is a little bit of a discrepancy considering the... So I carry all of our benefits. So okay, I was just like medical, ask. yeah. So I carry like medical, vision, dental, um, and then I also pay into an HSA. I do like the full amount for the health spending account. And so then, six thousand and change, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and then I also do the dependent care, like yeah. that's five thousand a year. So I pay into that. So. These take-home amounts are like after everything comes everything. out Perfect. and also after what we're putting towards retirement comes out. Perfect. So we and have not you... been great about retirement. So <laughs> I get a match from my company of 3%. So I've always okay. just done the match of 3%. Okay. Last month after we sold the house, I was like, we're going to get better. And so we we both upped it. So now I'm putting in 7% so that plus oh, the match is a full 10, 10. Yep. And then I had my husband switch his to be 10% as well. And he gets no match at his. Correct. And he didn't realize that, like, because he, it's basically just him and one other person on payroll. So they don't okay. have a lot of options for stuff. Mm-hmm. He was doing all of his donation or his contributions after tax. And so then when he, like, sent me the screenshot to show me that he had changed it, I was like, wait, you have a pre-tax option. Like, let's do that. Like, why are we doing the post-tax? So yeah. So he just switched it and now he's doing 10% as well. Okay. Amazing. And, you know, I feel like I say this all the time because I feel like I get a little bit heat of like not exclusively recommending the Roth, which I just don't agree with, you know, a black and white scenario, but you guys are trying to make your dollars go as far as possible at this time in this stage of life, right? With two young children, and all the expenses that come with having children. So I'm a big believer in using the pre-tax to help offset Facilitate. that. Okay. Yep. And then we can always go to post-tax later in life, you know, because um, let's talk about your expenses and, and then maybe people will see my rationale a little bit more. So your okay. rent right now, so take home and you just, we, we kind of like have the other two paychecks for you hidden because you just gave me your total take home between both of you as if yours is 24, which is fine. So you're you're working with, because all your bills are monthly, so that makes the most sense, I think. So you're working with around 12330 a month uh, with yes. both of your incomes. And so yeah, then- What we've done is like, my paychecks tend to be more of our like food and spending and that sort of thing. And we kind of mentally budget that like just every two weeks, which is why it mm-hmm. doesn't really feel like I have to- extra paychecks extra, in the year yes. because I kind yes. of, we, we kind of are like, oh no, that's the grocery budget for the next two weeks and, and this and that. Perfect. Yeah, that's totally fine. So we have around 12,330 coming in and then rent is 3,500. Mm-hmm. And then what was your mortgage before? Just curious. Like, what was it your- was like 23, I think. And then we had a $420 um, HOA. So it was still like you know, 700 plus dollars less. Okay. So yeah, so it's about 700 higher. Mm -hmm. Although as you talked about now, anything goes wrong, you call your landlord. Yeah. Which is happening all the time. We, we, our electricity keeps going out because we're running the air conditioning and the electrician was like, Oh yeah, the, the electrical box on this place is like from the (laughs) fifties. Like, okay, well it's a hundred degrees here. We need the AC. 
So we're trying to get that fixed. And for, so fortunately, that will come out of your budget. It'll come out of the landlord's budget. So that, yeah. But yeah, so seven seven hundred is is a, a big number still. And so your utilities, um, so like internet, water, trash, gas, all of that comes to just over five hundred. So your monthly housing and utility expense is just over four thousand a month. Yeah. Okay, and then we have a car loan for seven seventy six. And yes. then car maintenance, so um, maintenance, gas, registration. I don't see insurance is there. Is that included under maintenance? Oh, I did it um, separately. I If you scroll okay. down further, there's a separate oh, insurance. insurance. I basically okay. like stole your little layout from the like financial rock star budget oh, and then okay, created yes. my own. <laughs> I was like, this is very easy for me to read. And it's just because this is how I break it down usually. Yeah. Okay. So then, so we, our car expense is 76 for the loan. Car maintenance is five twenty six, uh, including gas, and then uh, we'll go down to all the insurance at the bottom, which is inclusive of car insurance. And then uh, commuting, we have eighty dollars. Cell phone one ninety. Now this is childcare. This is what we're talking about. What kids mm-hmm. are expensive with two working parents? Childcare is basically twenty five hundred a month, which is yeah. like where this is why I wanted to ask what your previous mortgage. So it's almost a more it's a mortgage payment basically. You've totally. rented a mortgage. Yeah, yeah. This expense is temporary. Are the ki- are the kids going to public school? Yeah. After, so my the four year old the four year old this will be her last year, and then she'll start kindergarten, and it'll be public. So that'll be great. The baby. So that nine hundred dollars mm-hmm. is because I only have him in two days a week. Oh. Um, and then I'm just going to work those two days because I, as a nurse, I do twelve hour shifts. And then I also have to work weekends too to make this work. So ideally, like in the future, I would get more days of daycare so that I don't have to work all the weekends too. But because then right your husband's now, watching, just like yeah, on the weekends. On the weekends, so, okay. So would that expense then when she goes into kindergarten? Would that expense then for your son go to fifteen hundred? Is that hopefully full? not that high? But high? Okay. I, I think it will go higher than what it is right now because I think we'll do more than just two days of two care. days. But we'll see. I mean, it also kind of depends on where we're at financially and like what the goals are. Like, if I need to keep working a lot of weekends for a little while, but then you longer. don't really you don't really get to see your husband then, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is not ideal. No. So what if we like? So with that, you can do. So what's your full time schedule? Four twelve. 412, it feels like a lot. No, it- so no. So I do um five shifts in a two-week period. So I basically okay. am working like every other weekend. Um, and sometimes okay. having to like if I have to go to the doctors or something during a weekday, then I would pick up another weekend shift if I can't get the weekday shift. Okay. So then maybe we budget for daycare for your son like twelve hundred. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that feels reasonable. Okay. So, so at least we'll get back basically three, 12, yeah, half. So yeah, if we get back half in your budget, that would be really nice. Mm-hmm. And then we have childcare expenses like diapers, 120, all insurance. So renter's insurance. We I, I like to see that we both have life insurance. Yeah, that's from listening to you talk about okay. life insurance. I was like, yes, we need to do this. Yes, because you don't want, God for you, have two minors who like, it's not like they can go out and support themselves. So God forbid something happened to either one of you or in a worst case scenario, both of you, there needs to be money to support the children, right? Because totally. it's one thing to lose your parents and then 
that's a horrible tragedy, but then to combine it with a financial tragedy on top is just really, really awful. And it happens, unfortunately. Yeah. Statistically unlikely, but you want to just, God forbid it were to happen to at least prevent one portion of it. And then for food, we have 1200 and then student loans, we have zero at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Those, but yours will be gone and, and after a year. And how much will your, will your husband have remaining? Mine after? will be gone in like a month. So oh, that's a month. Okay, and that's, that's why I'm like not even budgeting for that. Yeah, so perfect. my husband just like logged in and was looking at the repayment options and, you know, he can pay anywhere from like 500 a month to like 2300 a month and it like breaks Oof. down like how much you're going to pay in interest. Yep. And so he was looking at op- at an option that was like 1400 a month um so that it would cut down like the length of time and the- what we're paying in interest, but then I also don't know like if things are so tight in our budget already that even though we're going to pay more in interest, I wonder if we don't just take like the lesser payment for now until things and what are the interest rate, like what's his average interest so, rate and also what amount that he owes? He owes 8100 and Total? it's currently at a, yes. No, I'm sorry, 81000 <laughs> I, I wish it was 8100 You're like, it's fine. We'll get this done in no time. No, 81000 81, my correction. Okay. Um, and it's at 6.875%. Okay. And he was previously just paying five hundred, which is why, like that amount, really hasn't changed over the last decade. So, yeah, because I was going to say he's just been paying off the interest, really, probably. Basically, yeah. Okay. Um, and so when he got, when he looked into the different options, they kind of showed him like, if you only pay the five hundred, you know, you're going to pay for. 25 years and pay so much money in interest. Whereas like if he paid 1400, we'd be done paying on it in about five years and pay a lot less interest. So, so, so if 1400 and you're going to hate this, because that's basically what we get back. We're going to spend the daycare. It'll be gone in in five years or what year is it? No, six years, six years. It says payoff date, October, 2029. Okay. Let's just bookmark that for a sec. Okay, and yours is done, so that's great. So we've gotten a lot. You've, if you think about it, you've gotten a lot of debt paid off. You got the credit cards paid off, your yeah. private loans paid off, your federal loan will be done in a month. So we just have this mm-hmm. one loan that we need to kill. Attack, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then let's go to your non-essentials. So, so the total um, essential spending is roughly ten thousand. Right? Yeah, is that what I have here? Yeah. Okay, and then our non-essential we have. Gym, fun money. I love that you put cosmetic and apparel because like it's so rarely in people's budget and it definitely happens. Yeah. And then some subscriptions, donations. And so that amount comes to, we'll just round down a little 1400. So the remainder monthly is $895. Mm -hmm. So not, you know, if you break that down to, to weekly, you have like, $200 extra a month, which is, we know, with two little people, that can go pretty quickly. Right. Our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it literally every day. I gave AG1 a try because I was tired of taking so many supplements, and I wanted a simple solution to boost my immune system support. 
I take it first thing in the morning before I even have my coffee and it makes me feel ready to take on the day. As a very busy entrepreneur and with recent health challenges, it is super important that I'm able to get immune system support because I don't have time to get sick. If you're looking for a simpler, effective investment for your health, try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash future rich. That's drinkag1.com forward slash future rich. Check it out today. And this is also like not like... I don't have anything under savings. Like I really want to be putting something, I mean, we're saving for retirement, but like I want to grow an emergency fund or like a future house fund. So that's why this budget gives me stress. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk about your assets. So the great thing about the house sale was you were able to pay off a ton of debt and you still left over from after paying off debt, you have 67,000 in savings. Mm -hmm. So it's great. So you have a solid emergency fund. Yeah. Um, and then with your retirement, uh, between the two of you, you have 115000 saved. But you've also just increased that recently pretty substantially because you're yeah. both doing 3% and now you're both doing 7 and your husband's doing 10. Well, you're both yeah. at 10 basically. Yeah. Okay. So that's a pretty big increase too. So I'm on the fence. 6.87 is a pretty high interest rate. Mm-hmm. Now, how, how, okay, so with this rental, do we think that, like, is it a one year lease? Like, do you? Yeah, it's a one year lease. And, like, I think this is what's hard too. When we moved mentally, we were like, we're just going to buy another place. Like, we're, we'll just sign this lease. It's only going to be 12 months and we're going to buy another place and move out of here. But now that we're like looking at the numbers, it, I feel like we would put ourselves back in a situation that we were in last time where we would put every dollar in savings yep. to like a down payment. And I don't want to do that. But I also don't know that I want to stay here because like before we signed the lease, I didn't actually drive here and my Prius oh. can't make it up the driveway. Like it is so steep that I have oh my to gosh. park on the street and carry the kids up and carry the groceries up. So I don't know that I see us being in this rental. So I don't know the rental year. Is it possible to get a rental where your rental is like 2,500 a month or 3,000 a month? Is that feasible? Like, is that, does that exist? It exists, but those are probably like two bed, one bath apartments. Okay. And with the two kids, it, it's a little tough. Like we're in a three bed, one bath place. I mean, it's, it would probably be possible for us to, once the baby is a little bit older and sleeping through the night to room the kids together. Kids together. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that we could definitely try to find something. Okay. I'm trying to, okay. So I'm trying to see where we can finagle the, yeah, but we can finagle the budget a little. I'm just looking at the car loan. So the car payment is also really high. 776. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the interest rate on that is 3.5. Is there any way to extend the term on that? Because that's lo- – so here's, here's what I'm trying to maneuver. If we mm-hmm. could reduce the monthly payment on the car loan, the interest rate on the student loan is is almost double. Yeah. Right? So, like, right. I'd rather be attacking that earlier than later mm-hmm. and extend the car loan. Like, what's – could we mm, – okay. ex- do you see what I'm saying? Like, is there any, yeah. I don't know what that period of time is on that, but you have a 3.54% interest rate. Is there any way we pay less yeah, on that's, that? Like, 
definitely something we could look into. I hadn't even thought of that. Because if we could drop my husband's car, so I'm not sure exactly how long, like the that payment is going to be over. So, but I can talk to him and figure out if we could see about that. That would be great. Because also that will go away because it's you know three point five percent is a. So here's what I'm thinking: if we're looking at your budget, that's a big number, right? Because then Mm -hmm. like with car maintenance and and insurance in LA is going to be really high because your car insurance is like almost four hundred. That payment should go down because we were paying two ninety because it was bundled with our home insurance. And then once we dropped the home insurance policy, they were like, "Oh, okay, we're going to jack that back up." So that policy ends next month. So I'm going to shop around for other policies um, because I'm hoping I can find something less than that. Okay, that would be great because even if you got, I mean, you want to make sure you have good insurance if you have, right? You know, you you want to if God and LA with driving, you know, accidents happen. It's not like you're driving on some back road where, you know, you're not going to see another car. Mm-hmm. Because what I'm thinking is even if you got saved a hundred bucks a month on the car insurance, so that gets the daycare savings is 1200. Now we have 1300 back in the budget. Right. Mm-hmm. And then when does the car loan go away? Because if that then drops off, then so like, here's what I'm thinking. So we get 1200 savings from childcare, a hundred from the car insurance. That's 1300. Then if the car loan goes away, you have $2,000 back in your budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm not sure the the when that loan will go away. I have to find that out. But so yes, even if I you see. pay, here's what I'm thinking: if we just um, like a domino effect. So if we start with maybe with we meet in the middle somewhere between the 500 and the 23. Let's say we pay 750 on the student loan, and okay. we have after the let's say you shop around the car insurance and we get a policy where you're able to save a little bit, and then with the with the daycare. So we're taking up the 1300 or getting, you know, 700 of that is going towards the student loan, right? For the mm-hmm. next, until the car loan goes away. And then when the mm-hmm. car loan goes away, that money goes right on the student loan. Mm, okay. So then yeah, that takes that the payment. Sense. So for the next couple of years, we pay 700 until the car loan goes away. And then we put 1400 on the, the student loan. loan. Yep. Okay. And then at that point also then let's say that's in four years, then we also have another child coming out of childcare. Yeah, which would be it. So it just all starts to get a little easier. So it's just going to be a bit tight with the childcare and the car loan. And I agree with you, I would not buy at the moment because houses are expensive and you don't want to get back in debt. I think it's better to wait. And you're 33. If you don't buy until you're 40, that's fine. There's nothing. That's fine. Okay. You have to tell my husband that. (laughs) I'm going to tell your husband that. Okay. You're better off not being house poor, I think. Yeah, yeah. Because the thing is, when you get into a home, and some of the homes in LA are really old, from what I've seen, right? Oh, yes. Like 19, yes. So, okay. So, what I would do is use the childcare money that comes back, any savings from the car insurance, and half that amount goes to the student loan. Then now we have a buffer of, let's just say, 700 back in the budget. And then that 700, because right now you have leftover, which, you know, is 900. But then between that, now we have seven, like, so let's just say that stays a buffer. And from the childcare savings and the car insurance, half goes to, towards the student loan and the other half goes towards savings. Mm-hmm. So then you're getting like six or 700 a month, depending on the month, into an emergency fund. Okay. So then you're not only saving 10% in retirement, but then you're saving monthly as well. And of your emergency fund, you could leave 45 maybe in you know, pure cash. And then you could do, you could invest a little bit of it, maybe 20. 
I want to be conservative. And then all the new money gets invested. So the 700 a month, if you, or if you break that down, like 350 a pay period that gets invested. And so then you have the non-retirement and then you also have the emergency fund and then you have the, wait, sorry, you have the non-retirement, the emergency fund and the retirement. So you have three train cars going. Mm -hmm. And then as everything start to get easier, like, for instance, now the car loan is gone. Now we up, even if you say we up the student loan payment to 1300 and then we up the non-retirement savings to 800, right? You just keep tackling as things get easier. Okay. And then once the kids, I think your opportunity to buy, honestly, if I'm looking at this is when your youngest is at a daycare. Yeah. Because then from a cash flow standpoint, that, that this is your biggest spend. That's a mortgage. Yeah. Totally. And that gives you the next youngest. So like four, even if it's in the last year of daycare. So in the next four years, I would focus on getting rid of the car payment, tackling the student loans and increasing the non-retirement savings. Cause if you do, let's just say we're able to do 700 with the child, you know, with your daughter going to kindergarten and splitting the mm -hmm. difference there. So we're able to do 700 a month for the next 48 months, right? Which is four years that's another 33,600 that you're going to save. Mm -hmm. Now, okay. let's just say the market goes up and that gets you to 50 and you start it with 20. There's 70,000 for a down payment with still having an emergency fund and with having retirement. Okay. And at yeah. that point now, when you get into a home, you put a good amount down. You're used to saving monthly, which is important with a home because you have that 700 that could go towards home repairs and maintenance because you still have a preserved right? You have the down payment, which was separate than the emergency fund, which you still have intact. You don't have credit card debt. At that point, you only have a few more years left. Ideally, let's say you have four more years. Let's say it takes eight years to pay off that student loan at that number, right? Mm -hmm. Then that goes away. The childcare cost goes away. The car payment is gone. So if you look at your current budget versus where you'll be in, let's say four to five years, you have another 3000 back in your budget. Yeah. And then you're not paying 3500 in rent. That's $6,500, right? Do you see how it all yeah. just yeah. slowly gets easier by not mm -hmm. rushing it? Yeah, and being a little more patient. Being more patient. I think you're better off waiting four years till you only have at least one year left of childcare. And at that point, I'm assuming that car loan will be done. 776, let me just see. I think that car loan is only like four or five years at 776 times 12. It's 9,000. Yeah, that car loan should be like another six years. So at that point okay. in four years, you have two more years left of these other payments, right? That are going to be sunsetting mm -hmm. besides the childcare is almost done. So you have a lot more money coming back into your budget. So yeah. I would say I wouldn't start looking for another house until at least four years out because that gives you the money time. 700 a month allows you to save for a down payment, right? Outside of the emergency fund, your retirement will be better. And then all of these big expenses are going away in year six, mm -hmm. I believe. I think the car loan is gone in year six. The student loan should be gone in year six and the child care. Okay. It's a lot of yeah. money. I back mean, that's in a budget. ton of money. Yeah. 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 And that feels and then, a lot more hopeful. <laughs> yeah. And then from there you can ramp up. So I think that the key is, and this is, you've probably heard me do this on other podcasts. The key is getting through the child care years. That's yeah. your key. Don't take on any more financial obligations until we're done with the child care. That is a mortgage payment by itself. Mm -hmm. And then we also have the car payment. And then the student loan should sunset. And then we'll just say, we are saying 
we were estimating 1200 on childcare. So the student loan payment goes away at 1400, the 776 goes away and the 1200 goes away. I mean, that's a ton of money back in your budget. That's a mortgage right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to have so a completely different budget then. With our, with what we have right now in savings. So you think it would be a good idea to take some of that and invest it and just keep like, 4,500 or so as like cash? 45,000. Sorry, 45,000. Yeah, not 4,500. I would, I think you could, so of 67,000, to be very conservative, you could leave 50,000 as your emergency fund and 17,000 could go invested. And then in the invested portion, I would be adding the 700 a month to it. Okay. Because then that will get us, let's just... That should get you in the next four years, just with the 700 a month, that'll get you another 33,000. Wow. Okay. And then plus the 17 that you already had in there, that's 50,000. So that equals 50,000 with no market growth. In four years, I would hope after there the market you've had, something. you'd have some market growth. So let's just be conservative and say maybe that goes up to 65,000. So now you have money for a down payment. You have mm-hmm. 50,000 as an emergency fund. And over the next four years, you're still each doing 10% into your retirement, which mm-hmm. is another combined 20,000 per, because it's you know 10% of your salaries, we'll just estimate it's, it's 13,000 each, right? Times two, yeah. okay? So that's 26 times four. So now your retirement accounts have doubled at minimum just by okay. your contributions. So now we have 200,000 between the two of you in retirement. We have 50,000 in an emergency fund and we ideally have like 60-ish for a down payment fund, right? And mm-hmm. then, and this is with keeping your budget around the same. We're just rejiggering a little, right? With the that's with taking the twelve hundred we have saved from childcare, right? Seven hundred mm-hmm. is going towards savings, and seven hundred is going towards or seven hundred, five hundred is going towards the student loan. Mm-hmm. And then as expenses start to get better, right? So we save a little on the car payment that we split the difference between those two, and then your son will eventually go to kindergarten and we save that 1200. The 776 will eventually go away probably in around five years. Everything will just start to get easier and that's the time to buy a house. Okay. So it's really, it's really once we get, once we get the youngest into four and a half years Mm -hmm. into school, because that money goes back into the budget and then, you know, you could swing a mortgage of 3000 or 3,500 even. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And the numbers just keep getting better. Yeah. And then down the road, I would say in year six or seven, when the student loans are done, right, when that payment goes away and the childcare goes away and the car payment goes away, then we start upping retirement. Okay. That makes sense. Does, does that feel comfortable? It does. It makes it like, I, I think that we kind of get impatient and like, well, if we don't buy this now, the prices are just going to keep going up and, you know, we've just got to make it happen. But the reality is, you know, we've already been in a situation where we felt so stressed financially with the mortgage and with everything happening and um, and with what we are paying towards childcare, like remembering that that isn't forever is helpful. Yeah. Like, four yeah, years for- is actually not that far away. No. Yeah. And then you know that like this is a little bit tight, the 3500 for rent and the 2500 for childcare, and it's gone in four and a half years. Plus at mm-hmm. that point the car payment's almost done. And if we add that back in, let's say that goes away in year six. I mean, then, so that, we'll just say that's 800 and you're saving a little bit on the, the car insurance. But then, so between the rent plus the childcare, 
plus the car payment, which will go away around then, it's $6,800 a month between those. Yeah, that's a lot of money. <laughs> that's a lot of money. So even yeah. if you got a mortgage for like 4000 you know, 4000 you're, t- you're still going to have utilities, right? I mean, we have utilities right. of 500 a month. So like you still, you'll be way more comfortable. So it's better to not rush it and be prepared mm-hmm. for it financially. Cause I think what it, what will happen is if you get into it too soon, you're going to end up accruing debt, which like you've been through that cycle and it's stressful mm-hmm. and you're going to have to reduce the retirement. So everything else will right. suffer for that. Right. And that's also not, that's assuming that our um, salaries don't change, which like, correct. They will, you know, correct. They will. Yeah. That is assuming the salaries don't change. Yeah. I think the key here is to save, try and get the 700 a month to save towards the, that down payment, put 17, you can start it with fund it with 17,000. We have 50 ready to go emergency fund in a high yield savings account, which you already have. So we're not going to jeopardize that. And then you start saving 700 a month. And I would just do 350 every two weeks. Technically you already have that in your budget. But mm-hmm. that will be from the childcare saving with your daughter going to school. And then with, if you can shop around and get, save a little, even you save 50 bucks on the car insurance. Right. It's helpful. It's helpful. And then we're splitting that daycare, whatever you're saving on daycare, we're splitting that between the student loans and the non-retirement savings. And then you're in a good spot. Then we just make it four years. That's the goal. Like don't do anything crazy that we just need to get through the next That's going to be our motto. Don't do anything crazy. crazy. (laughs) Don't do anything crazy. Yes. This is perfectly fine the way it is. And we just need to get through the four years. And when the lease comes up, we just want to stay in that vicinity of where you are with rent. We just want to keep everything status quo for the next four and a half years. And if you get raises, split the difference. So if you get a 2% raise, a half goes in, half goes into retirement. 1% goes in for retirement. 1% goes to you. Always split the difference. Some for today, some for tomorrow. That sounds good. And then I know like zero about investing. So like where would you recommend as resources to figure out like how to invest that money? That's a great question. You want to do something that's very basic and very conservative. So nothing exciting. So you want to, what I always like to say is there are, and you can look this up, there are a handful of mutual fund companies that have been around like 80, 90 years. Look for them. Look for the most conservative, basic, boring, the way to make money, the way you make money long-term is not exciting, nor like, should it be? We want want boring, Boring. Boring, boring, very boring, boring, long-term. And a nice way to look at it is when you look in your 401k, you'll see some name brands in there, you know, Uh companies that have been around a long time. You want to look for somebody that's 80, 90 year track record. They know what they're doing. Not to say... His history is indicative of future, but there's mm-hmm. something to be said for for a company that's been investing in the market for eighty or ninety years. Like, no, we want nothing new and exciting. I hear some people, some people come on the show, and there are some like really exciting things out there now. That's great. Let somebody else practice on that. Like yeah, that. Like, yeah, you know, we just want something conservative. And you can look historically when you pick a company that's been in the market for eighty or ninety years. You can see, um, for instance, what they're historical return has been for 10, 15, 20 years. Look at that. Looking at historical returns. Okay. Yeah. Look at historical returns. You also want to see how people did in a a down year, right? Everybody makes money when the market's up. It's pretty easy. It's how did you do in the down year? Everyone's going to have a down year and you want to see that they didn't go down quite as far as, as the market did and that they recovered the next two years. Usually it takes two years to come back from a down year typically. Okay. And, And that's why I would do that like a very little amount of that money. 
right? The mm-hmm. majority of it, the 50,000 is going to stay in high yield saving. Yeah. It's just going to stay there because when an emergency happens, like, you know, people for like COVID had their emergency funds invested. Well, that was a pretty ta- terrible time if you lost your job in March yeah. of 2020 and then your emergency fund was down 20%. Like that's not ideal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. And you'll see when you look through your 401ks at your retirement through work, you'll also see those name brands in there too. Okay. So if there's like a, a investment inside of your 401k that you really like that's done well, you could just mimic that. Okay. Perfect. This feels doable. I'm going to have my doable? husband listen. It does feel doable. I'm going to have my husband listen to this episode. And um, and I think it's a good plan. It feels like, you know, we can still get the house that we want. We just need to be a little bit patient. Patient. Yeah, because you think about it, once childcare is gone, if we're only looking at childcare, not including the car or the student loan eventually going away, let's say the student loan goes away six to seven years or even eight years, and the car is probably around six years, give or take, just with childcare going away, you have a lot of money for housing. Even if you took half of mm-hmm. that, then your housing expense, like if we if we split the childcare and just say it's 2500 and we have 1250 to put towards housing expense, then 3500 right, is mm-hmm. what you're currently paying. Then you have right. 4750 Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. So it's just about, and I tell everyone when they're in the, the childcare expense of life, you just got to get through it and not make any big financial, don't take on any more financial obligations. You're literally paying rent mm-hmm. and a mortgage is the way I would look at it. Okay. And so once that one mortgage goes away, you can get one. We can actually (laughs) get one. Yeah, exactly. You can get one. And it'll go fast too. And I think with with your finances, sometimes the right choice is the less exciting choice, right? Which is Mm -hmm. status quo, maintain the existing budget, start saving a little bit from the savings you're going to find by, you know, your oldest going into school. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's the least exciting thing that's going to drive the best results long-term. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because also, like, we have diapers on there. Diapers go away. Yeah. (laughs) Diapers are expensive. expensive. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and then if you find, and we we can have you back on, but then ideally we find a mortgage amount that's, like, around 4,000, right? That would be comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then you'll be able to save more at that point. We'll just ramp up retire. Everything will just start to snowball. Yeah. Yeah, that feels doable. It feels good. Good. Yeah. Cause I think, I actually think it's really good. You sold the house and you paid off a bunch of debt. Cause I think it would be too stressful with a house and the childcare expense. Cause like, as you said, like you, you can't just, you can't live with black mold. That's, you just can't do that. Totally. So, well, amazing. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And you have a wedding coming up soon, right? No, it just happened. I got married. It just happened. Again. Yes. On Saturday. Oh, congratulations. That's so exciting. Thank you. Yeah, I'm just still in the post-wedding. I don't know how you were. I'm like just physically exhausted. I never expected to be so tired. Yeah, yeah. So tired. But it was so fun. Good. Well, congratulations. Thank you. And for all of our lovely listeners, you can follow us on Instagram for our most up-to-date information at Future Rich Podcast. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.